Welcome, fellow human, to the Disorganized Productions Podcast. The show that fuels your spirit, ignites your potential, and helps you become the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Rob, and each episode will embark you on a journey to unlock the power within you, tap into your limitless potential, and conquer life's challenges. Welcome, fellow human, to another episode of Disorganized Productions. Uh, today you're going to listen to the second part of the podcast with Rob Sills. And a little housekeeping, I will prevent in the show description a link to my uh, link tree where you can find all my websites. And uh, there's some cool merchandise on TeePublic. Um, and there's also a button where you can sponsor this show. Without any further ado, please enjoy this episode, part number two, with Rob Sills. Back again. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need a break in life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I enjoyed the um, the solo episodes that you did. Um, especially with the caffeine and talking about addictions and stuff. I have, I definitely have some addiction background and, and that was a really cool episode. So man, if you do more, uh, solo episodes, those will be appreciated too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then one of the most recent ones was the solo one. I think you did just before Melanie was a solo episode. Yeah. It was about 2024 about our, our, our system. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. That was a good episode. Thanks. Yeah, I, I will definitely do more. And sometimes I need to find the, the time. And um, I'm getting into this when I am when I have some basically thoughts going on. I can wrap my hand around it and, and talk about it. And uh, the funny thing is when you hit the record button, stuff happens so- somehow. But sometimes yeah. I really feel like, okay, I'm going to grab my telephone and just talk to to you or to the universe or whatever and then stuff comes out and uh, what basically is on my mind and one of the bad things is that uh, the most great thoughts that I have about creating a podcast or about a subject, about a topic is when I'm in the car I drive a lot as a courier and but the noise from the car is so annoying I can't filter that out so when you will listen to that you will all you will you will hear so much um, uh, background noise that it doesn't make any sense to record it. But when you're sitting at home, you know you have your coffee and you're just chilled out. And okay, I'm going to hit the record button. That then then anxiety and stuff like that and do it. You know I'm not used to 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 think and talk in English, but somehow I do. <laughs> just like you ever to get a good job at it. That's uh, that's impressive. I only Thanks. know English. I only know one language. Yeah, wow. That, that that's something I put it up to my uh, English boss. He he was uh uh we were in a meeting. I was talking to my manager in Dutch. I was uh um uh, uh, participating in a, in a meeting in English. But then I had a call from one of my German customers, so I just like bop, 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 Dutch, wow. German, English, Dutch, German, English. Wow. He said uh 
I brought up one point something and, and he said, oh, how, why do you think that? And, and I don't know, it was kind of like an argument and I, I only could say, how many languages do you speak? He said, one. I said, well, that's maybe then the point because I'm thinking and writing and talking in three languages and I can switch over just like this. Wow. Sometimes I snake on a telephone when I deliver a package. I just said, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm, I have to go into this. Uh, it's a, a region in, in French. Uh, no, it's, it's a region in Belgium where they speak French. I don't speak French. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but with the, you know, bonjour. Okay, I can say that. I can say merci. I can say trottoir, croissant, something like the normal stuff. But uh, yeah, and, and sometimes he said, what were you talking about? It sounds like Swedish, but it's, it's Dutch and it's uh, Anglo-Saxish, I think it's called Angolic Saxish. It, it's the language. Mm. And I love languages. And especially when I, before I hop on a podcast, I do some, a little bit med meditation. Um probably talk to snake for, for like 50 minutes or so. So I'll get into the, the rhythm of English. But today I went home and I got, um, uh, a heater that that's, uh, I have, um, uh, like a normal heating, but it's, uh, gas fueled and my gas went out. So I came home and it was only eight degrees Celsius. So that's like uh, 20 degrees or something like that uh, Fahrenheit. So that's not that much. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to prepare that. And it was like wow. five minutes to seven. So yeah. I think, oh, I got to hop on my podcast, you know, and, and just well, excited. I I was thinking probably just like you, a little bit uh, afraid of, oh, man, what, what what should we talk about and stuff like that. And uh, I like to do it in the, in the way that we do it now, just get in the conversation and yeah, skip branches like a squirrel, talk about topics, and everything goes okay, and we're all already two hours ahead without any struggling and stuff like that. But before, Yeah, I've, I've only done a, a, a couple of podcasts before. I mean, I had a group of guys that we did one just to get around and joke and talk sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like actual serious, getting, getting digging into serious stuff, I've only done one other one before and i i definitely noticed that i can make a list of like 10 things to talk about you'd be lucky if you can cover three of them fully you know <laughs> you know it's just just how it goes um exactly yeah. go with the flow yeah. this is this is going to be uh a great because we were talking about it before and uh i want you and mormon rishi uh on a show because you guys, you, uh, are, are you also, uh, uh, Mormon? Yes. I grew, I grew up Mormon. I, I, I don't know if I would consider myself Mormon. Um, I don't think so. I, I, but I grew up with enough of it to where it's like, it's a permanent part of your life. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's the same like me. I'm, I've been, I've been growing up a Catholic, a Catholic, yeah. uh, but I don't do anything with it, but it's, it's a base of my life where I, in that belief system, I know some things. And, and of course, I, I'm still fascinated about how people roll or what they think, what they believe and stuff like that. And um, 
it's really fascinating because Snake was showing me a picture. Or I he told me about this this Mormon church in I think it was in Utah, um, and it was such an amazing building. But that, now we touch base on something that you talked on before with this uh, brochure. Um, I was I was looking at the building and said, "Wow, that looks amazing," and it was like built like a few centuries ago. Only Mormonism isn't that old. It's quite a new religion. Right. So but when when I come to America for the first time, I would go to that building just like completely in awe, just like, wow. And I was talking to one of the guys like, who built this? Well, we built this. Wow. But that the, then we come now based on the topic that we're told that we talked about before with the pyramids with Joe Rogan. Is that the truth? No, because the building is like 500 years old. So who built that? For what purpose did they do that? How did they build that with the horse and buggy if we have to believe everything? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, I, I, I know when... Uh, you know, I, I, I was told this story when I was a kid of how they started off in New York and then they gradually kind of pioneered their way over towards the Utah. I, I don't and, and and it's been so long that I don't know the details anymore. <laughs> I don't remember the details, but if, from what I was told is that they built them and then that uh, and then what I. What I have curiosity about now is there seems to be a lot of um i don't know i i'm just starting to learn about masons like freemasons freemasonry and stuff like that i don't know a ton but it's um there's there's a lot there you know oh yeah and i i mentioned it on the thread on on our text thread about um you know um the secrecy right so if if uh if there's secrecy then that is going to leave you in my, and I, I haven't thought through this completely, but my, my current standpoint is if there's secrecy, secret societies, secret organizations, the secrecy element of that will have a cause and effect, right? Mm -hmm. It will, it will help you in one area, but it will make you weak in another. Right. So, um, whether it be Freemasons, whether it be a church, anything anytime you have okay well once you get to a certain level of the church or a certain level of the club you get into the secrecy zone and we don't talk about what's happened what happens there right oh, and no. it's like ooh, who knows the secrets so you got to be initiated you got to be such and such to learn the secrets well guess what the other side of that is that i think when somebody it uses that amount of their bandwidth to adopt the secrecy as a lifestyle then that bandwidth is not available for defending other areas right mm -hmm. so they might be they might have uh be co-opted or they might have secret agents come in and and they might be more vulnerable to it because they're too busy managing their secrets you know yeah and the funny thing is if you talk to someone about secret societies they can name like 10 what's secret about them if we know them already the only thing we don't know is what what they talk about. 
and they can, you know, just like the Bilderberg group is is is, is a Dutch-based group. Um, and guess what? Uh, New York is based on uh, a Dutch guy who named uh, Peter Stuyvesant. And Peter Stuyvesant uh, named New York New Amsterdam. And it's really fascinating because a lot of people in that area at that time were called Jan or Case. And Jan is like John in, in America. And a Case is just a, a normal Dutch name. But there were a lot of people who were called Jan or Case. And guess what? We got the Yankees. Hmm. And that's the relationship. So the Dutch founded uh, New York. Well, not America, because it was from someone else, <laughs> that, that complete country. That's something I spin my head around also. What do you mean that's our country? It's a piece of land where you are born on or not. And uh, you don't have to own it just to walk upon it and stuff like that. But that's a different story. But Yankees comes from the word Jan and Kees, which are normal Dutch names. And they were very familiar in that area in that time period. And uh, that's why we call a lot of people from New York Yankees. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, and uh, my... Um... I think I have ADD or I must have had ADD growing up and stuff because I, I think I have only a handful of teachers in school that I could even pay attention to. <laughs> so I had one English teacher <laughs> and one history. Yeah. One history teacher. And it's like, it's embarrassing the, the, um, how little I know about, about my own history and stuff like that. But then, you know, I, I've now I, I, we're so blessed to have the internet and access to all these, you know, it, it's like one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to or all of my favorite podcasts that I listen to are generally most of them are people basically doing the teacher, doing the job of a teacher, right? <laughs> Where they're hold, they're hosting, they have a bunch of fans that tune in to hear them teach about something, you know? Wow. I was thinking about this the other day, like, I literally have an earbud in my head and I walk around or when I'm doing just mindless work or, or uh, out jogging, I'm basically in school. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that fascinating? There's no PhD in the science. No, not science. In the knowledge that you gain and the wisdom that you gain from internet or listening to other people talk. I mean, 20 years ago, you of 30 years ago, you have to go to a library to a certain section to get into some topics. Talk to some certain kind of people about some topics and you have to believe them what they said. But nowadays you can be, uh, you know, just a production uh, operator and you can listen to really exciting stuff, esoteric uh, uh belief systems, uh, psychology. There are podcasts about, just like you said, about people that are talking about it and you gain more and more knowledge about stuff. But there's no PhD for that. I know for sure that there are a lot of people listening to podcasts have more notice about stuff than some teachers that talk about the subject or have to teach on school about the subject. 
Yeah. But these people are most of the time uh, open-minded or when you, I think every human being, when he's interested in some kind of topic, he wants to know more about. Just like, because we're curious. But that's, I, I think that's the only part where we are, could be having this point A to B connecting the dots with apes. That's the only part that an ape is curious and we are too. Well, that's it. But that's it. Skip on, you know, humans uh, or animals, different kind of story. <laughs> yeah, I like to think of it uh, as lectures. So um, when I would have a teacher in, in high school that I really enjoyed, it would be, it would be them performing a lecture and it would be, if I'm ADD and I'm paying attention, that means they're doing a really good job, you know, like, or they're fascinating or they have a fascinating thing to teach about. Right. Mm. Um, and so when podcasts come out and you find certain like people that you really like, and I've basically, you know, like I was saying, the majority of the ones that I listen to are very much like teachers and their format is very much like lectures, you know? So in regard to a school, it's not the same as school because I'm not doing anything with it other than listening. Uh -huh. And it makes it so that I can understand ideas. I can converse about them. I can have opinions about them, discuss them with people, affect change in my, in my own personal group by, you know, inter interchanging those opinions with other people, but I'm not doing homework. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no homework there's involved. No there's no test. There's no study. <laughs> That's what I mean. There's no PhD that you can gain from yeah. all the knowledge that you get from the internet. That's yeah. And that's crazy because if, 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 you know, if they would pull me over and they say, we got some evidence that you were on the wrong sides, I would really be fascinated about where, where did I dig into? And, and if you know, it's more than one hour. And sometimes you can see it like uh, some sites, you know, how many uh, videos that you looked at, just like, whoa, spend all my life on uh <laughs> Got it. Got just to be honest, it's porn. All right. It's porn. For me, <laughs> a lot of my time, it was porn. But the last couple of years, it's more into just like the topics like we talked about now today, about podcasting and stuff like that. And uh, on Spotify, you can see every year what, what you uh, listen to the most and how many hours that you listen. Just like, holy crap. That's, oh, yeah. I don't even uh, want to look. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's, thank God there's no test. Thank God there's no test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me, let me see what, what you've been uh, talking about. The, the hive mind, Borg, earthly hive mind, heaven, heaven. Yeah, those notes, I, I got to apologize. They were very, like, kind of uh, cryptid. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's but... okay. Well, probably you know when I tell you this that where you wanted to dig okay into. yeah i think i i can i can dig into that so what i meant by that is oh, okay yeah and i've heard people talk about this lately so um uh jesus is the best example the easiest example when people say uh you know jesus is with me or you know i have i've god's spirit with me and you know i'm being guided by the spirit and this and that right mm -hmm. so um if you are doing nothing but uh 
you know, like seeking out the spirit, whatever that is, and trying to follow what that is for your life, right? Then um, how much of that is a hive mind? And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. What I mean is uh, uh, as a as opposed to the idea of like the Star Trek Borg hive mind. So are you familiar with that? The, no. the Star Trek was in Star Trek. The Borg is this basically um, artificial intelligence that they have um, put machinery on humans and they they subjugate them. So they go around from planet to planet and then they just subjugate all the humans. They put machines on their heads and now you're the Borg. You know, you you just okay. get, what do you call it? Um, yeah, I forget what the word is, but they they just say you've been subjugated or whatever they attach you. And then now everybody who's part of that, they all are connected to one mind, right? That's a hive mind, right? And then, um, so you'll hear in Christianity, people will say, um, you know, when I die or when we die, we all get to go be back with God and we'll all share one mind and we'll all be in the light and the love and everything. And to some degree, that also sounds like a hive mind, mm-hmm. you know, like when somebody says, oh, there will be no need to cho- choose good or bad because you'll know everything that's good. You're with God. There's, you know, there's no need. There's no bad. There's no anything. You don't have to worry about everything. Everything's perfect forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, and, and how much of that is a hive mind? And I, and I, obviously we don't know the answer to it, but the, um, I think that kind of points a lot toward more towards what our human experience is, is that there's, you know, I don't think we're supposed to try to be like perfect, good hive minds. And I don't think we're supposed to give over our brain to, you know, the computer and just let that run us. That was the idea of that one. Mm. And I got some great things about, uh, the belief system of going to heaven, going to Allah, going to the 27 virgins, 72 virgins, and stuff like that. The funny thing is, if you think about it, you, you are now having a body so you can experience like uh, a taste, smell, feel, all of that stuff. But everybody knows when somebody dies, there's no body. Uh, n- nobody uh left right so so the body decreases or in earth uh, you will be uh uh putting into the grave or you will be uh uh what's it called cremated right so but when you go to whatever heaven you choose in your belief system what do you have in all these goods about uh if it's going to be uh, virgins if it's going to be food or drinks or whatever if you know that you do not have a body to experience that. Well, we don't know. We don't know if no. there's going to be a body, right? True. True. Well, the, the, <laughs> I mean, that, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people now will stay on earth, whatever reason. So, yeah, I don't like the idea of, of, uh, and this is, this is one area where it might be some karma I got to work through because I don't like the idea of not having a body wherever we go. <laughs> wherever, exactly. If, 
if we die and go somewhere where I'm just a spirit and I don't get to eat, I don't get to, you know, do all the things that we do with a body. Like, I'm like, I don't know. But if the funny thing is, I'm, um, I, I'm a pot smoker for all my life, but I didn't smoke for now for like two months or stuff like that. And maybe one joint or two joints over the whole period. That's, that's really uh, well, well, not good, but that's that's just the way I, I roll. I just want to, you know, sharpen the blades for myself sometimes, you know. Um, but I'm dreaming a lot, and sometimes I uh, I really do exactly the same thing as like eating or drinking, and it feels like I'm doing that on that time. So the funny thing is, so as I'm talking about this, just a few seconds. Uh, before that when you go to heaven wherever heaven you choose that you can't uh, experience it if you're dreaming you can experience all the things you experience in real life without having a vessel because your vessel is asleep but your unconscious mind is switched on and that can get into anxiety into emotions into fear into eating or drinking and um, even if you do a lot of meditation and a lot of fastening, you could get into a state that you, when you only think that you eat, you will be, your hunger will be stilled because you're telling your unconscious mind, which does not know between reality and not reality, it, it doesn't know that, that you have fatted yourself or drink that's fascinating when i think about it right now yeah and i imagine i like to imagine that that wherever uh whatever comes after this life that you could do that you know whether whether it's uh like the matrix and you're plugging in and this is a simulation with computer cords and cables and stuff like that or the idea that i've just been digging into recently which is the idea of a you know a spirit mind like if you could picture uh 10 people meditating if you're a meditator this would be easy for you to picture say you have a group of friends that you meditate with and you get together and you meditate with them on a week every week you get together on saturday and you meditate for one hour together let's say after you guys have done this uh you know 500 times all of a sudden, you guys start noticing that you're able to connect mm. while you're in your meditation. And then eventually you create a little, like a playground that you guys all go meet on <laughs> in your meditation and you're interacting or whatever, right? So the idea, long story short, is is what if that's what this life is, you know, is, is we're meditators and we've all um, uh, conjured this reality a shared reality mm -hmm. that we all have shared um what do we call it uh um it's just a shared system and so if i if i kick a rock in my reality you're going to see that rock move because we're all connected and it's it's so that's an it's an example of the idea of a simulation that wouldn't involve computer mm. right it would just be spirit or mind related right yeah and i i I, I have no idea what it is, but I like, I, I definitely, I like the, I, I used to smoke weed. I, I don't drink anymore and stuff, 
But I love the idea that when I when I die and go on to wherever the next life is, that I could choose to go have a vacation somewhere where I could drink in some <laughs> like so like a Star Trek holodeck. I can go drink and and party and do some of the stuff that you know that I would have wanted to do more of in the life. And I just recently yesterday was there's another podcast that I just stumbled onto. The guy's name is Bro Sanchez. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll write that down or send it to you in a text later, maybe a link. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he does the same thing. He does he does lectures and he does what he calls uh, uh, syncretism. Have you ever heard that word? Absolutely. Uh, uh, Santos Bonacci, he's the one that told, that told me about it a lot. I love that stuff. Yeah, for me, it's it was a it was initially a big turnoff um, because what the same way that a lot of people get turned off by it, which is, you know, you're taking one word or one situation and you're showing how it's related to another where it doesn't seem like it's really related, uh-huh. and you're drawing parallels between them and using that to paint a picture, right? So for me, that's triggering initially. But this guy, uh, Bro Sanchez, he does an amazing job of it, and. Um, and, and and he explained it once the, to mm. to where it made sense to me to where I didn't have to like take everything so literally, you know. And I could understand how he's just using these things as tools to paint pictures that would have been harder to see otherwise. Exactly, exactly. And I, I yeah, love that love how how people because I I know well I know I think I know about Santos Bonacci and if he's listening or or gets to this podcast or whatever. I would love to talk to that guy. Uh, I think he was raised as a Jehovah witness. He studied the Bible from their perspective, right? For their belief system. And then he digged into cosmology and uh, into synchronism. And he he has some lectures on the, on YouTube and they are like four or five hours long. And uh, I, I ADHD, but when I like... Uh, a subject I really go deep into that. I can listen well hours to that subject just to to make up my own mind and to think about it. And just just like you do, you know, just like okay, get it on. W- w- what's my opinion about that, or what what relates to me, or what resonates with me? And when uh, I was looking into his lectures, it just like wow, this makes more sense to me than I was teached about only about the book, let's say the Bible, and only about what I knew about cosmo- uh, cosmology, astrology, uh, astrology, and stuff like that. But connecting the dots, and just like you said, you, you, you need someone who narrates that in the real good way so that you know how to inter- interpret, interpret that, right? To, to, to see the connection, how it goes, and not just like, oh, this and that, put it together and you got that. That, that makes no sense. <laughs> But if 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 you if they talk about it on a on a deeper level and you understand what they're trying to tell you, wow, I like that. It's it's something that that uh, and it's something that's that's really fascinates me. Uh, I, I want to know your opinion about that, Rob. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the what I was going to bring up specifically, I forgot it, but then it came back was so yesterday on on that show, Bro, Bro Sanchez's show. It was awesome. It was perfect timing while I'm getting ready to talk to you and stuff that this episode that came out yesterday was really cool. And he talked about um, 
when we die, and this is not my idea, this is him, the idea that when we die, um, before we move on to the next higher place, we're going to have this temptation to come back here because we wanted, there's too much stuff that we wanted to do. Uh-huh. So he says, he says, there's too many chicks that I wanted to have sex with. There's too much. I want to get more money this time. I want to get, you know, like I want to be a winner. I want to be that, you know. Uh huh. He says, so you're going to be looking back at your life and you're going to have all these temptations. And he didn't necessarily say the devil, but he says, you're going to, whoever, whatever the gatekeeper is going to tempt you with, hey, if you go back, I'll give you this and I'll give you that and I'll give you, and there's going to be all these temptations huh. to go back and get all the stuff that you wanted as opposed to moving on to whatever the next level is. And he says that that's a, that's a, whatever you call it, part of the reincarnation cycle, as opposed to moving on to whatever's next. Mm-hmm. And obviously I don't know, I don't, you know, I only know those, those ideas on a very much a surface level, but I identify with it massively because I love the idea that, that after this life, I'll be able to go somewhere and live out like, whatever dreams or fantasies or, or, you know, I, I, I didn't quit. I didn't quit drinking and smoking weed because I, I just had a bright idea. I quit drinking them because they were causing too much issues. In my life, you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. If I could do it, if I, if I, if I, I was a choice, I would still be doing all those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the idea that, that yeah, after this life, there could be a challenge that involves me being tempted to come back for, for more of those things that I, you know, I, I'm, I, I got to do a little bit of thinking about that and that's, whew, that's a rough one. But, but I do, I do have a, a personal belief that whatever God is or whatever the higher power of the universe, all that stuff, um, that, 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 that it's good and that I don't have to really worry about that yeah. stuff. Cause I know I agree with that. that. Yeah. What's your what's your definition of God? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Oh my God, you're getting so Yeah, that's a good one. Um I I grew up looking at God like the guy with the white beard and the staff and the coat and who was looking at me, judging me and mad at me for all the things that I failed at, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I grew up. And for a long time, I blamed that perception on religion and I blamed it on this and blamed it on that. In reality, that's just part of life. You grow up with, uh, you know, being told about God, you form your own picture of it. A lot of times people will force that on you. They'll say, this is bad and God hates this and God hates you. So mm-hmm. that helps you form a picture of God. But um, uh, I... At this point in my life, my belief about God is that God is very, like, um, very many levels up. Mm-hmm. Or the 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 first word that came to my mind with less or disinvolved, right? But that's not the right word. The i the the I think a better idea would be to just say many levels up, uh, to an area where we couldn't understand. Mm. And that, that, um, whatever the overall plan for the universe is that I believe that God has a full grasp on that. And mm-hmm. whether maybe, um, 
full control over it. You know, like the idea of of omnipresence, omni, whatever the other words are. You know, like all yeah. present, all knowing. Yeah, omni, omniscient is the other word. Omniscient, omnipresent, meaning it. God knows all things, and God can see everything, and God created it. You know, but I see it currently. I see that as being something that's on a much, much higher level up, and not so directly involved. Meaning, um, meaning this life is not designed for me to ask God to, hey, God, can you, uh, you know, uh, uh, fix my flat tire for me? If I'm a good enough person, maybe God will patch that flat tire for me. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not the <laughs> the purpose here. You know, the, I think the purpose here is is not it. I think it's clear that that if God exists, which I believe God does. Um, that our purpose in this life is to not have proof of what God is and to have a relationship with that not knowing, hmm. you know? I, I think you can get lost in, in uh, looking for that question, who God is, what God is, and stuff like that. But if you do that, you're forgetting to live life. Yeah, because there are, there are a lot of questions that you, you will not get an answer. And if you got an answer, you have more questions than you had before. So so it's it's like the, this uh, going down the drain, you know, um, that there could be a lot of water in, the, in, this, in, this, uh, uh, in this container. But when you plug out the drain, it, it, you know, it's, first of all, there's a little bit of water coming down. But then all of a sudden, everything rushes down, you know. And I think that's the same with when you having some questions and like we say, uh, we dig into some topics that are really like uh, the brain gymnastic, as we call it now. Um, sometimes you just have to grab that beer, grab that joint and just, you know, uh, get wasted in a good way, in a different way than maybe before, but just to be uh, enjoying life and, and not think about these topics. Because sometimes... It could be very hard on you, especially when you're digging into some questions and you got an answer. But uh, yeah, I said that you're going to have another question about that. And uh, for, for me, I was looking at, at the perspective right now. Um, there's one element that they don't talk about. That's ether. And ether is, I think, uh, a database of consciousness. And what we talked about before, like the, the scripts that they are trying to play, and sometimes they have to roll out the script to uh, uh, or a scenario to do the play and to see what the come out is, so they be prepared for some play. If they put something up, the ether, which we are connected with, with our thoughts and with our emotions and stuff like that, collects all that data and uh, somebody who pulls the strings whatever being that will be call it God can dive into that and put that scenario out so maybe just maybe just philosophy God wrote the script about 9-11 just to see how it plays out he set up all the the, the puppets and all the characters and, and just to see how we are dealing with that, how we are dealing with the emotions and stuff like that. 
And of course, there are some micro, meso, and, and um, other mechanisms going on. But I like the thought that ether connects everything. And ether is the spirit, I think, of our consciousness and unconsciousness. But we can dig into, and that's what we do when we meditate, I think. You know, when we want to... Just like the flat tire that you said, you you throw that out in the ether. Am I that bad that I have a flat tire right now? Want to go to to work? <laughs> and that somebody comes by and said, "Hey, oh, you got a flat tire? You can you can uh, borrow borrow my 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 bike because I I just went home." So, stuff like that going on, you know. You know you have to see what signals that game. But is that the universe, or is that God? And some people say the universe is God. You know that there are so much going on, and you can't pointed out in just what podcast what it is and probably you never will know the answer until you're uh uh un- until you that there's also one thing finish with life you know but is that finished with life or maybe just starts over or maybe then it starts because you collect so many things i i, I like one thing that i heard and i don't remember the, exactly it was something about how the word god it's good. It's beautiful that it's such a short word because it's about as small as you can make it, and it's as little of a chance of misconstruing it or or misunderstanding it. It's just, you know, it's it's a small word and it's easy to say, and then that's it. It could mean a thousand things to a thousand different people, but um, that's it. That's the fascinating thing about God. I was talking about that with a, with a friend of mine. He was laughing at me. Oh yeah. You know, Catholic and Bible bullshit. Say, no, 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 no. You didn't ask me what my perspective is of the word God. Because every religion has a God. And the funny thing, I was talking about that with with Snake also. And it's really fascinates me. You know, we have the, let's say for the Bible. The Bible is is an old book for our perspective. But we had crusades going on and to tell this, or you're Christian or you chop off with that. So what choice do you have, right? So they, 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 they pushed Christianity to us, at my perspective. And it's, it's quite an old religion. And before that, people without any religion or more religions were called pagans. Then when Christianity came, they made the context of pagan because before that, there wasn't that word, but uh, the Christians put up the word pagan about people that didn't believe in their God, in a Christianity God. But the funny thing is, we have all these cultures going on around the world, like India, China. They, they don't believe in the Christian God, but do they have a bad belief system because they don't believe in Deba, because they believe in Prana, or they already believe in... Uh, uh, you know, in the Chinese dragon or stuff like that. It's so fascinating that these cultures and these belief systems are thousands and thousands of your years older. But if you put them all on the same page and you really study them, they're, they're all based on the same concept, I think. Love, love is is that that um, that's undefeatable, 
And yeah, so back back what I was saying about the um, the idea of you know God being like many levels up, infinite, and and kind of separated from us. Like so, if you if you take some of those older religions and you look at say say a religion that believes i would i would bet they if you were to say to them okay well do you believe that the universe is structured in a good way is the universe itself good is the laws of the universe good right if they would agree yes to that well what christianity does is it assigns a character to that goodness right Mm. And then after that, everybody says, hey, that good character told me I got to kill this guy and kill that guy and kill that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, I really like George Carlin about uh, stuff like that. And, but but it's, it's something that um, I, I love all my brothers when it comes to that. And, and we do not always have to agree with that. But I like to talk about, okay, but I have, I already always had a really bad thing about that somebody told me write this and that's the truth i was always thinking to myself who wrote it and what was his perspective that i have to say this is the truth who is he what did he and then i uh, i listened to a podcast from uh from fermental love these brothers role um alex and uh, and claude it was, I think it was uh, uh, Pastor Hicks, and I hope I pronounced that name good. Uh, but he told that um, there were 1,500 years with several authors that wrote the Bible. Well, if I see in my own life that I'm now I'm 50 years young, how many things that I've been read that's totally wrong? And... Uh, I have a different perspective on the things that I read or learned. That when you put that in a time scale like 1,500 years with several authors, I have really bad time about what was the perspective, why they wrote it down. Well, it was God's word. Oh, okay, okay. What about this? I was talking that with Snake about. What about that you have the Bible if you don't believe in science and you have science if you don't believe in the Bible. But what if these two are actually deceiving you from that what's really going on? Well, it, it, see, for me, that, that idea... Um, it it presupposes a certain amount of authority to the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I look at the Bible like, um, like a a whatever you call it, a package of writings of people who uh, wrote stuff that was considered to be connected with whatever the God is, the universe, right? Yeah. This. You know, somebody wrote some story and and his society around him said, Oh my gosh, this this make this makes us feel like we're connected to God. That needs to be written on stone. That needs to be written, and we're gonna keep that and we're gonna we're gonna read it together once a week. We're gonna get together and read that. This is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So they hang on to it. 
And then, you know, on the other side of the planet, somebody writes another book. And then in another city, somebody writes another book. And then eventually you have 500 books. And then you have a, whatever it is, Rome, right? A world leader that says, hey, we have all these books and all these, you know, treasured books that people have used to stay connected to God. And um, we have a certain direction that we want to go with the future. <laughs> I thought <laughs> clear. Right. And yeah. then they're like, let's pick out all the books that don't line up with our direction of the future. Exactly. And let's say yeah. they, those were not actually God. <laughs> you know? Let's rewrite the things that we think that people should believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to, to answer the question, I, I, I look at the Bible like it's, um, like it's whatever, um, divinely inspired is the word. Um, I also believe that about the United States Constitution, and I, and I also believe that about a lot of things. There, There's divine inspiration that hits a lot of stuff. The Bible seems to be clearly divinely inspired. Now, um, non-believers will, will point out all the evil stuff that happened. Well, okay, he's murdering babies over here. Uh-huh. I personally, I, I'm like, you know what? When I say divinely inspired, I mean that there's messages in there, right? That that can connect you with whatever God is, mm-hmm. right? Now, I don't care if it's 99% crap and 1% like connect you to God messages, right? Uh-huh. There's there's this you know, that, there's uh, yes, exact but exaggerating to prove the point that uh, when it comes to things spiritual like that, that that's the purpose of it, is that connection. And um, and I think when people get that connection, they say, oh, I'm 100% certain this thing is what has connected me to God. So it's all true. It's all God, right? And, and, and if you try to dispute one word of it, then you're disputing God, huh. right? Like that he loves you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think people, um, you know, this is another one of those areas where, like you were saying earlier, not everybody has the time to think, okay, you know, how much percentage of this or is, is like divinely inspired or, you know, where, um, was, was one of the books just added in there? You know, or it doesn't belong. <laughs> Most people I think he brought it out. You know, who was the first? Uh, who made the first pre- first press? So yeah, because when when you dig into where I dig into it, the last la- last few months is more the, the paganism, the the connection to nature, which shows you the the creation of God. For me, in my perspective, um, they go back to Mesopotamia. Uh, and then after a few thousand of years, then they brought up Christianity, which is good. I, I mean, it's good for some people to have a belief system. And I think in every um, uh, religious book, there are some things that that are very good for humans to believe in and to live to, right? In, in a positive way. And uh, like we said, everything goes with, with yin and yang. So um, the things that we talked about, like 
but God is killing babies. Well, what's the why was that? What was his thought about it? So back to the beginning of the podcast, what you know, we can say to someone, oh, that's bad. But what was the perspective that he's been doing that? And what was his act of behavior to do that? Uh, to gain what? To do to make yourself conscious about stuff to think about. And that fascinates me because it's it's like like said in, in, in the podcast, I, th- I thought it was on a fundamental. I said it, it 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 was for me. It was a fairy tale book, but but I I bought it like a half half year ago because it's fascinating. It's really fascinating that things line up exactly on this time, although the book's a few thousand years old. But that goes with a lot of things. And if I look into what I dig into now more, like the paganism, like the nature of gods and you have goddesses and gods so male and female uh the funny thing is in paganism you do not have gods that demand you things there are no certain ways that they put up to you like you have to do this because otherwise blah 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 but you yeah that, the, all that always sounds very much like it has a man uh a man's intention <laughs> like kind of right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody's somebody's making sure they're gonna have you know income based on this, you know. But, but that I think that's that's the main problem that I have with religion. It is a franchise and income stream, especially commercial. Uh, if you see, uh, I think there's nowhere in the Bible that he said you have to build churches. Look at how many churches there have been built. Look at how many people. Uh, look at a different point of view at the same Bible with another teaching, right? So you got, for example, Mormonism or um, Orthodox, uh, Catholics, uh, Calvinists. Uh, there are so many, you know, oh, no, we have the same book, but we interpret it in, in, in another way. So if you want to join us, you can pay like $100,000 or you can $50 and we can make a building and we can come together. But in the Bible says the church will be the people that we like we talk about now, Rob. That's, you know, talk about belief system, talk about all kinds of topics and spread the word and spread the message on a positive way with love to each other and with respect to each other. That's that's the holiness, I think. That's that's the connection that we have in this ether. Because after this podcast, like within a few hours, you can do your own stuff because you're 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 heading up for the day. I'm almost done for this day, but I'm going to edit some stuff and stuff like that. And I think of you, and when my thought hits the ether, it will hit you exactly at the same spot. It's like what you said that when you kick a stone, that I see a stone rolling. I think that's what connects us all. But it's fascinating to think about it and how did I get to paganism is because I always had this thing going with nature that I see so many life and death in nature the cycle of life uh, the seasons, everything I'm, I'm, a, I'm a motor bikes uh, uh, guy so I like to drive with a motorcycle and you, you smell the air you can see the nature because you have no um, you know there's nothing around you, only your helmet so you have a better view of the world. Uh, you can feel when it's going to get a little bit uh, um, 
freezing in 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 uh, you know in in September, just like okay, like in one month all the leaves will be gone from the trees, and uh, within well probably one month the first green knobs are coming out because spring is coming, stuff like that. You you were more aware of that kind of piece of nature, and um, yes, but with all belief systems, I think there is something that tells you that you have to you have do's and don'ts and if you uh willing to sacrifice yourself with okay that's what i do and that's what i don't then it's okay but i kicked against every system since i was young so uh, <laughs> uh yeah, that, that's probably why I have joint pain because I kick so much against all the systems that have been in my life. Yeah, I think that's that's something similar about the type of people that we would get along with. Shane, when me and Shane, or sorry, yeah, when we had a conversation, we uh, uh, discussed that on one phone call about uh, religion and God and, and dug into that stuff. And, and we're very much the type of people that when, you know, deeply question these things, you know, and not, not in a way of like, like, you know, oh, you're not going to tell me what to believe, but more, more in a way of like, we want to understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except no. we want to talk about somebody about it. And a lot of people, a lot of people are okay with, um, uh, getting that, whatever you call it, validation. So let's call it validation. Say you go to church and you get, um, some feeling like, I'm in the right place. You go home and then somebody asks you, Hey, why did you go to this church and not that church? And you're like, I don't have time for it. I got the feeling I was in the right place. It helped my day. That's all I need to, I'm going to be there next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You know? And if, if that pastor tells me that I'm only supposed to pray on Tuesdays, I'll pray on Tuesdays. Exactly. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's a lot of what's going on in people they get enough validation to where um to where it's like what are you how are you gonna challenge when you challenge their choice of of church you're challenging the validity of their validation yeah you know and and then you kick people um they kick people in the head <laughs> yeah but because and i it's the same like if you're like a band and somebody completely disagrees with you. You try to come up with the arguments why you like the band and why they should also like the band. You know? And that's yeah. that's the crazy stuff, but that's how we we have this this defense mechanism about all our belief systems, you know. If it's gonna be about music, about the things that you love. Uh for for me, I love to drive a motorcycle. Some people say, Oh my god. You always drive hard or fast. Yeah. But there are some people who don't. You know, they drive really decently motorbike. Me too, sometimes, but most of the time I like to open up the throttle. Yeah, that that's just me. Just just you know, life's too short to drive slow. <laughs> yeah. But um there, are there was actually there was one one other area that I wanted to hit on that, um, the idea of church and stuff. Um, was the idea of um, the there was the movie that came out it was called Zeitgeist 
that mm-hmm. pointed out for everybody how the Christ figure was not the first, right? And in fact, there was like 20 different figures that had the virgin birth, the death, the resurrection, the miracles, all this stuff, right? Yeah. And um, I was curious about what your thoughts on that, but um, to just kind of line out mine, I I don't care whether uh, whether uh, Jesus existed 2,000 years ago. Um, for me, it's a matter of validation, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, whether it's just a story, it rings a bell for me. When if I and I was just thinking about this while we we're talking, is that God, whatever God is, say it's like ten levels up to something we shouldn't even worry about because it's so far mm-hmm. removed from us that there's no point in trying to understand it. Then the question comes, we're here on earth. What would God do if God came to earth? Right? So oh. that's what I think this whole, all those stories are telling. This is what each of those cultures, not, not, not that they're, because it's the same story on all these different yeah, places. Exactly. So that's so fascinating so, about it. So is it just, is that the, did, was that somebody who actually lived and happened at one point who, um, who the story just became popularized? Mm-hmm. Or is that just something that we as humans uh, know deep in our bodies that if God came to earth, this is what he would do? Actually, you know? I think that, well, I was thinking about that and I was talking about also with Shane and, and, and I talked about it in the podcast and I really believe that. I think, just like you said, God, God is like 10 levels up we can grab a head, or I think that's uh, uh, the universe. Let's say you know something that you can you can grab because we're in the dog, but but we you can grab it and it's it's beautiful and it's been a creator for it's it's been always there, um, it always will be. But we are copy paste Jesus. The stories that been told in all these books are about us, what we can experience in life, and. With the uh, the stories been told, how Jesus Christ dealt with them, with the stories, because he was a badass. He was kicking against the the the, uh, the the government, against the system all the time. And I think a lot of people are, if they are in a relationship, if they are awake or not, if they are into the conspiracy theory or not, everyone has some battles going on in their lives. But when you take a book like the Bible or, or whatever book you take, like on a religious way, you can see how they dealt with some things in life. And it's all in you to get to find the balance. And it's a guidance book, I think. For, for me, I think about Jesus Christ is copy-paste my system, how I could spread love to the world, be a good man, and uh, be um, as, 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 as I am. And that, that's only my opinion right now about God and Jesus Christ. Because I don't know whatever you call it. You know, some call it Krishna, some call it Jesus, um, some call it Buddha, 
whatever religion you pick, there there is something, there is a figure, there's an idol that you can look up. Uh, how did he dealt with it, and how did he came to his um, uh, to his conscious? How did he do? And how was he dealing with the stuff that he had to deal with? Okay. Yeah, I had I had a train of thought there and I lost it. But um Yeah, but this this, this is when you talk about these kind of subjects, it's um I'm not the kind of guy who says, No, look at this, it's been written down here, we have to think like that. Because what we're doing now, Rob, is 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 just exactly uh, as how we roll. We, we talk about it and we, 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 we look into how you think about stuff, how I think about stuff. And um, that could be completely different if we do that uh, like over a year or when we did that like a year ago on perspective of things. So we're evolving in that kind of stuff. You know, you have more podcasts going on about teachers that tell you some things that you're just like, okay, wait a minute, got another point of view about that. And that's so fascinating about life, and that's fascinating about all these topics. And yeah, just that's how I, that's how I feel like about life in general is is if somebody was asking me what's the meaning of life, that's where I am currently with it. I think I think we're here to experience all this stuff specifically under the context that we don't know what happens after, or we don't know what God is. We can't put our finger on it. We can't prove it. We can't prove any of it. Right? <laughs> like, but that's, that's the whole thing is like going, like you were saying from a year ago, I could have had, I could have had us, you know, expressed, here's where I'm at with this. And I, and I believe this and I believe that. And it'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty excited about my beliefs. And then a year later I have more because I've experienced more life, you know, exactly. And I don't, I don't know if that, like, and I've listened to myself talk from years ago and be like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know if I still believe that part or something like that. But, but you can look at it as a process, you know, it is. and, and, and growth and like, like, as, as long as you try to apply honesty to it, <laughs> then it's not as embarrassing to find out all this stuff that you feel like you progressed from, you know? Um, kind of like leveling up, like in a, in a, in a, in a Freemasonry, you got level to level to level. And I think that goes the same with life. If I see myself like 10 years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, there there are some levels that are reached and some lessons that I've learned. And some lessons I still bump into just like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> still still uh, dealing with the same thing. So, so yeah. I know that my comfort zone is the one that I want to make sure that every day that little comfort zone has been put it away in the closet even if it's for one second you know i have a nice warm shower and just put it on ice cold you know it <laughs> might just to get you know i'm alive what well, why not what well, what can happen is just cold water or do some grounding or walk into nature although it's rainy you know cats and dog okay it's raining so what you got you got cozy i got a perfect body with a waterproof skin 
So what can happen to me when I walk in the woods? I could get wet. I could dress to that. But the thing is, we always choose some comfort. And I think also with our belief systems, if it's comfortable that the most people think about this, then you know you don't have a struggle in life about telling them a different way of looking at some stuff or a different point of view because you know that you don't get into a, a, a verbal fight or what's it called, into a, a confrontation with some stuff. But if, if you're like, okay, ah, with the right people, I can dig into this topic more, like we do, like you know, on a, on a on a group. Just like, what's your thought about this? And you know that we are not just like, uh, oh yeah, uh, this is my belief system, stuff like that. No, we're people that uh, want to learn from each other and want to learn from. Uh, wow, if you're gonna get that questions that you you post in a group, just like, it's it's not something. It's the same thing like you're the president of the United States. There are two buildings and there are two flights, two two Boeings that have been hijacked. And you have to decide. You have to decide. Should I let them crash into these two buildings with 5,000 people that could die that day? Or should I take them out before they hit the uh, the two towers, but they will be crashing into some district in New York where we don't know how many people there are, and we know for certain that these people are in the building. If you got that question, and you are the president of the United States, if it's scripted or not, what would you do with that? What would you be your answer, sir? Is there an answer, sir? <laughs> put them down. We got one minute and counting. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. So the, the when somebody chooses to be the president, it's like on that karma question. If 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 they're choosing, imagine them before that life choosing. I want to be president in my next life. Like the amount of karma <laughs> yeah. goes behind the. But if right. it's scripted, and you know that you're Bill Clinton, and you do the good stuff, but you you know one in a, once a while in a, a career you're going to get a blowjob and you're out of the office. What would you choose? Would you be the bad guy that that said, "Okay, I crashed the two planes into a building," or you want to be the president that talks good stuff, but you're going to have a blowjob and you're out? Yeah, yeah, I said. That as soon as we get to that level, it's like, you know, we uh, we give them the, the we give them the authority as that's that's the position of power that we've created. No, we didn't create it; our ancestors created, or our, our you know grand great grandparents and whatever created this position of authority. And then, um, and then as politics go, we just battle back and forth, left and right, versus every single little thing that that person did, you know, like, are you on team A or team B? And everything yeah, yeah, he yeah. did, like you were saying earlier, team A sees everything he does as horrible and bad, and team B has to be like, yeah, no, he's our guy, <laughs> you know? And that's that's the thing, you know, there's always this, this, um, this information that we get is all based on subjective 
opinions. Because if you did, you know, eventually you 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 couldn't do anything like a reporter does. Um, there's a fact that the there's a building on fire. There's something that you see, but you don't know why it's on fire. You see firefighters fighting the fire, right? But you don't know why it's on fire. What 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 causes the fire? What could be? Is there is there maybe that? Uh, they put it on fire because the insurance, or you know, there are so many scenarios that could be played out. But the thing is that we see now nowadays is that they they just give you a few breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, and you have to make an opinion about that little stuff that you know about this topic. It's that big, and you you only have this small amount of information, and you have to make an opinion about it. Well. I uh, nowadays I can. I five years ago I would I would I would go bonanza, you know, just like oh, my opinion is this. Nowadays it's just like okay, okay, yeah, okay. So this building is on fire. So what do you want me to do about it? You know what? What more information do I need to give you a good answer about that? And that's something that. Um, really bothers me nowadays. You see these things lining up and um, on the news and stuff like that. Oh, here's a fire. Oh, there's a shooting. Oh, yeah, but these are just fragments. These are not the story behind what happened. This is not the cause and effect. This is only the effect of the cause. That fascinates me. So that, that's why I skip all of that shit because it's... it's uh, too much things to think about and too much negative in, uh, negative energy for me to um, to wrap my head around somehow yeah it, it's like they the um, the whoever's you know behind the media trying to use the media as a weapon to you know push us in directions and to push us against each other mm-hmm. right like they um, I feel like in the last 10 years, especially in the last four years, they've really shown their hands, you know, they're really, their ability to hide it is, is, um, is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Mm. It's becoming more and more and more obvious that, um, that whatever the event that happened on the news, like, Oh, what's your opinion on this? Did you hear this? You know, like that event is just a normal everyday event. Whereas five years ago, it's much easier for them to convince everybody that when a small event happens, that it's important to know what everybody's opinion is on this, because (laughs) this, this is going to, the world's opinion as a group decides where we go with these things or who should be punished for this and who should, you know, exactly. And then, but, but now it's like, it feels like so much more and more obvious that all they are is, just trolls, trolls under a bridge trying to get your attention to bring you under the bridge so they could steal something from you. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just walking and passing, walking and past. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> and yeah. I think I think that's good because it's it's uh, some awareness that there's much more in life. That uh, if if you're positive in life and and you have positive energy, 
and you don't have this subjective uh, opinion, th th there's something going on that you're going to get back. There, there's this, uh, oh yeah, there's this building on fire. Okay. And we move on. And imagine that there's something real, something happens on the world stage and that uh, probably it, it happens already. But that uh, these reporters are lined up, you know, and talk about it and want to talk to the people on the street about their opinion, but nobody gives a damn. And everybody just patches like, okay, now, I don't care. What are the two buildings? are? No, I don't care. I don't care. So they have to pull out some actors, as they do right now, to stage something because they know already that the most people do not give a single crap about that, what they do, because they know it's it's too obvious like you said that there's something on something else going on yeah so that that goes all the way back to nasa right yes now we get into NASA because <laughs> that's what that is right you have a you have a government who wants who wants power or wants to direct the uh their power in a certain direction right or for instance you know you have the during the world wars when we're um gearing up for a cold war and they decide okay let's go to the moon right let's let's go to the moon and if we can go to the moon then we'll prove to everybody else that that we have more advanced technology and that they they shouldn't even mess with us mm -hmm. and and in my perspective what happened there is they said um okay let's go to the moon but let's also fake it right <laughs> let's because because if we don't go to the moon, we still want them to think we went to the moon, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a play that we play out. Yeah, I can't. I, and I've had it an argument with a friend about this who does not believe that he couldn't understand the idea. Why would they? Why would they fake it? You know, if you're a military, if especially if you're the strongest military in the planet, and somebody's threatening you, and you want to make a show of force, and that show of force is we're gonna go put our flag on the highest mountain or we're going to go fly to the moon. Um, you're going to, you're going to do, do it on a fake movie set too, just in case, no matter what, if you have the capability to do that, of course you're going to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not only that, but what about this? And I, and I'm not arguing this, but this is just a, for instance, and this is one that I've never heard discussed on any flat earth discussion podcast whatever is let's say let's um let's call it a mountain instead of the moon because the moon is a little bit of a touchy subject okay uh -huh. let's okay. say i'm gonna go to that mountain and i'm gonna show you guys that i'm the best mountain climber in the world right and uh you decide okay i'm gonna i'm gonna plan a trip to go up to the top of that mountain but i'm also gonna stage one on a movie set just in case I don't make it. Let's say you go up to the mountain and you plant your flag and you have your footage from that. You come back down and then you look at your um, movie set footage and you're like, let's give him the movie set footage and see if we can pull that off. Uh -huh. Let's, let's see if they'll buy the movie set footage, you know? And then, and then if they buy the movie set footage, we'll, we can do, let, what's the next step after that? 
do we tell them we went to Mars after that? And then, then, and if we can, you know, do we tell them that we, we built, do we built a civilization under the ocean and that we have this like super strong military under there that they're never going to have access to and that, that, but you know, like who knows, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just an idea. I get back to, back to you in a second. My, my telephone where my data is running from the, uh, thing is almost gone. So I get my, um, my, uh, no problem. What's it called? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back again. My, uh, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's really funny because when you think about that, that maybe they went to the moon, but they lost the footage. For, so, on the, just to, just to go on the record, I don't think, I don't think they did. Go no, no, me neither. But, but let's, let's just be, uh, hypothetical about that. So they went to the moon and the Van Allen radiation uh, put it all this radiation into the, the film and the film was useless. So they had to do it uh, on a set just to, to give us that. And we are thinking like, no, they never went because it, it makes no sense and we have all these facts. But um, it's the same thing like the people that are doing this Guinness Book of Records stuff, uh, but they just didn't record it. So they have some people that say, yeah, man, you know, Johnny, he put this off. Yeah, where's the, where's the, the evidence? W well, they lost it. Well, yeah, that, I don't believe you then. So if you put it in that perspective, but that doesn't make sense about the $70 million they get, they get every day and the things they put up now. They could say eventually within 10 or 15 years, okay, guys, listen up. We went to the moon, but we screwed up with the footage. So we made that in a Hollywood basement. But just because there's so much conspiracy theory and stuff like that going on, we're going to prove you all the evidence that we have now with the new technologies, but they don't do that now. They have rats running around um, <laughs> in deep space. They have so many things they screwed up and they could do a better job about giving us, I mean, all the people all over the world, uh, more things that could be plausible truth. It's like, I think, I think that's, so you, you have, let's say this whole, uh, issue started out as a military issue, right? So if, if we're talking about something that was an event or, uh, an achievement that was meant to avert a world war, right? Or, or even if that's not the case, even if that's just their excuse, for it and they use it as an opportunity to um 
to, you know, get control over public opinion or public mm -hmm. perception, right? And then they do this, they pull off this magic trick of, of the public saw on TV, us laying on the moon, the whole radio talking back and forth, and they bought it 100%. That is a huge achievement, right? Mm -hmm. That, that like, that control, the amount of control that is gained over the public perception is a monumental achievement, right? Absolutely. Like that alone, even minus the lie, right? Yeah, <laughs> we just look at it as an achievement and say, oh my gosh, they did an amazing work, right? So if you look at it like that and you think, okay, if a military did that, you would call that a weapon, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's, you want to call it mind control or perception control or whatever, right? Yeah. You would call it a weapon. And whenever in history has a military developed a, a, a large or a powerful weapon and used it once and then said, oh, that was too good. Let's put it away. <laughs> Let's not use that weapon anymore, right? Yeah. So of course, of course they're going to use that weapon forever, <laughs> right? Yeah. But what about this? What about that they will say now within a few weeks or so, like, okay, we didn't went to the moon, it was all staged, but we prevented a war against Russia because we pull up this evidence, like say, did this evidence that we didn't went to the moon, but we prevented a world war. But because it was so convincible to the people at that time, we have to pull it off every single time. So we need every single day, $70 million to put the scheme up and up and up and up again. That's not a perspective where you can think about. I don't think it is. Let me be sure about that. But it's funny to think, and that's so, that's so cool about this community, this truth-seeking community. There are so many perspective and so many ways you can look at things but you can only look at that if you if you let loose let go of your belief system about no no you know it's bullshit to do to not believe that they not went they, they went we got evidence no 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 Let, let's get get that helicopter get up and and look at all the things that they why they could pull something off and why should they put something so if I could take you back to that idea of the Disneyland effect mm -hmm. that I was talking about. So most of the people who, when you say, hey, look at this footage of the moon, you know, like and you don't even have to tell them like, like flat earth or space is fake or anything. <laughs> you could just say, hey, look at this footage. Like the one that I sent the other day, look at this footage of the guy who's clearly hanging from cables, right? And, um, you know, like, like a little baby on the jumper thing, <laughs> you know, like look at this footage and, and now imagine that you're in the 1960s or early seventies or whatever. And they're telling you that this is footage from space and, and they will tell you, like, they won't even think about what you're giving to them, what they, they will, that's that Disneyland effect. Exactly. Like, I'm not even going to consider this. I know, I know the science. I know the scientists that I trust. It's not you, right? 
and you're coming to me showing me stuff. Maybe they made it up. I don't know. I don't care. But I trust these scientists and I don't trust you. <laughs> right. Exactly. And isn't that the same going on with uh, this this radio show? One of the first radio shows was uh, War of the Worlds or something like that. This, this radio play that people were calling the uh, the military that they thought that there were aliens and stuff like that. And it's, uh, that that's media, right? And and nowadays with AI, it's you don't know if you talk to a real person or, well, let's say I, I know that I'm talking to a real person right now. But when you look at ads, uh, people dub uh, uh, other languages uh, or they, they can... Uh, lip synchronize or they can uh put you in a computer and you could do an advertising but you never did that advertising but your face is on it with your expressions with not with your authenticity that's something different but they can put it off they could they can copy paste us and uh make a podcast and we talk about completely bullshit and people think that we are real. Well, think about the 60s when they saw that footage and it was just as real, if not more real than the AI that you and I are looking at, right? When me and you see that AI and we're like, oh, that's pretty close. It's not quite. It was better than that. In the 60s, they saw this footage and they said, that's real. Exactly. You know? How long was their television in the 60s? It wasn't that long. 30, 40 years, right? I don't know. Uh, something like that. It, it was invented in the Netherlands, I think, also, from Philips. Televisie. Uh, um, oh, no, I got all... Uh, Wikipedia, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so history. Eighteen eighty four. Whoa. G Electromagnetic television, Paul Gottlieb Nipko, developed and patterned, was in 1884. And the base uh, from there, I'm translating from, from Dutch now into English, is the Nipko uh, disc. This feeding disc with little holes in it uh, and the spiral pattern, just like uh, an LP, right? And, um, yeah, with a, uh, a photographic cell, and they were turned on into electric signal. That activated the neo-lamp, and in this, uh, then you saw light and dark in, uh, in a tunnel vision. Uh, it took until 1907... Until the uh, development of this technology um, was with a with a tube that make it more practical. Um, oh, 
quite interesting. Quite interesting. So the first transatlantic televis uh, television signal was in 1928 between London and New York. Wow. And in 1932, Baird, this guy, he had a um, short-length television. The system from Baird was uh, approved by the BBC that uh, used this in 1937. And that was the, the invention of the electronic television as we as we know, because nowadays, okay. of course, all digital stuff and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, and so before the television, you had radio, right? Remember, yeah. people people would gather around after dinner and they would listen to their favorite radio show. I, th I right? think that the most people listened to the World War II commentaries and, and to the speeches of Adolf Hitler and stuff like that, because there was no television. And when there was... There were like one or two televisions. I know that because one of my uncles, he was working at Philips at that time in the Netherlands here in Eindhoven. And uh, he had a television and the whole street, the whole block came to watch one or two programs. Can, can you imagine that now that, that you see teenagers walking around with all the channels you can imagine on their little black screen? on the black mirror and like 70 years, 80 years ago, people were gathering around from a village to see footage on television. Oh, there goes. Yeah. So I think the, um, immediately, even so before you had a television, if you had radio, obviously it would have been used by the government. Um, anybody in government as a tool, right? Uh, so whether your local government or presidential, right? It's a communication tool. Communications yeah. would be the term, right? And television would just be uh, um, uh, whatever you call it, a continuation of that, mm. right? It's just communication. It has picture and stuff so you can see the person, but it's just communication. Yeah. And before um, that, you just had a had a had a uh, somebody on a horse went into it uh, into a town and and opened up the scroll listen up people this is exactly yeah it, it just like the messenger you know and that the... yeah so so when when technology is advancing so advancing so rapidly it's like today it still is and it has been probably just as rapidly since the switch from radio to tv the um, governments, militaries, whoever's using these things as a tool or as a weapon mm -hmm. is gradually going to be gauging what their, um, what the acceptance is, exactly. their message, their deployment, right? How is this being accepted? They are minute by minute gauging how well they're, what they're sending out is being accepted, especially if they're pumping out something fake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But now comes the fascinating thing about what you said about these 138 years. Uh, you got, I think it's uh, Carlson and uh, he was on Joe Rogan. I don't know, it's Randall. Randall Carlson and uh, Graham Hancock about these big catastrophes in the world, right? Mm -hmm. 
And he came up with something. I don't know. I think it was Randall Carson who said it. He said, the, the, the funny thing is, if you look into arcology, we can only dig deep for like so many meters. And then science says, no, no go. So we can deep more than, I, I don't know what it is, like 10 meters. Let's say, for example, 10 meters and below 10 meters, like 11 meters. No, we do not want to. We don't want to get into that. But the funny thing is, when they were talking about these big Catholic, uh, no, uh, Catholic things happening in the world, you know, like the flood and stuff like that, it could be like 20 meters high of uh, stuff that's that's uh, on our society right now and something happens in the world uh, and, and I will be 20, 20 meters below surface. Right. Within... 200 or 300 years, they probably dig on my roof, but it don't get in. And because I'm I'm completely gone, everything that's here that's normal for us now, like computers and stuff like that, will be completely wasted. There will be maybe some evidence, little pieces. But the funny thing is, in archaeology, they, they say, until this level, we will say, okay, fascinating, but below that, we don't go. So what his um, question? Of, no, what 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 his um, um, hi, hypothesis was? Is that the right? Yeah, yeah. Hypothesis. Hypo hypothesis. Yeah, exactly. Was what if we dig into like twenty meters instead of the ten uh, as an example, and we find complete cultures that already had this kind of technology, because. And that was really fascinating for me. He said, we are telling ourselves that like 2,000 years ago, there was this and this and this, that were going on in the world. And then all of a sudden, within a, a very little time span, like a few hundred years, we had this industrial revolution that machine could took over the things that we did as man and with horses. So we could build cars and technology and stuff like that. But that's just a very small lifespan. But what if the uh, Egyptians, for example, had not just like 150, 300 years development and evolution of society, but like 500 years. So take our our uh, society now, what we know now, and take that over 200 years. Well, would we talk to each other to a screen? Would we talk to each other on a device or could we probably talk to the ether and everything will be there and holographic and stuff like that? We don't know, but that really fascinates me. What if, you know, what if? You might, you might get a kick out of that um, or you might enjoy that Jason Bershears, if you give him a list of these. Um, one of his sayings that he repeats pretty frequently is humanity only takes um, 200 years to go from horse and buggy to hadron collider, mm -hmm. right? Which is like that—that's a good reference, right? The horse and the cart going to a hadron collider, which is just this huge technology or whatever. So, and I don't really agree with that because you're not accounting for what. Um, if you say you know your starting point is horse and buggy, you're not you're not adding in the part of what. How long did it take us to get from? rocks and stones to horse and buggy <laughs> you know yeah but but you still get the idea that if there were resets 
And we did get knocked down to the level of, um, you know, sticks and stones or just let's say we just got knocked down to the level of horse and buggy, right? We got in enough wars to where all the cars are useless, all the batteries, nobody knows how to make a transistor. We got to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. It'll only take 200 years, right? Oh, yeah. You know, if we have, a, if we're st- if we're not starting from like cavemen and, and, and bows and arrows, then, no. then it's only going to take a couple hundred years for us to get back. You know, I think if if you if you look at on a, on a, on a, uh, a survival level point, when you can make fire and when you have shelter and you have food, that's it. It it it, it you could have some technology to entertain yourself and to make yourself more comfortable with things, but if you have shelter and that could be just like you know chopping off some trees and make a make a cabin. Uh, or, or or dig into some soil and you have like a, a cave and when you have uh, water and 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 uh, uh, fire, y- you can go out for food. Well, you know, back to what you were saying about the ether, um, is the question that how much of these, how much of our technology technological advancement is stored in the ether that we're just plucking out you know i think a lot everything so everything even our wavelength now uh we think it's all cableized but a lot of that is just going like signals in in the air yeah um there's uh, i don't know if you ever heard the name rupert sheldrake is a uh uh, no you've heard of terence mckenna oh yes so rupert sheldrake was a friend of terence mckenna him, there was another guy, Ralph Abraham. They were some of the original, like the OGs of podcasting. They were they would just do lectures where they would they did a lecture circuit. They called it the trialogues, where it was three of them. Rupert Sheldrake is like a I don't know if he's a physicist or what whatever. Uh Ralph Abraham was a, a mathematician and Terrence McKenna, everybody knows Terrence McKenna. They would have these sit-downs conversations in front of an audience and they would talk for two hours three hours right and pretty much a podcast right and they would do and it was a discussion format very much long form one of them would talk for 20 minutes 30 minutes before it changed over to the other one Uh you know they would just go on and they would build off each other and just made some i'll send you a link to that um great but um uh rupert sheldrake uh, he, he's the one who coined, or coined um, the term he is morphic resonance. It, that's his term for uh, trying to put a description, uh, a, a physical descriptive onto what we call the ether or the Akashic record, right? He called it morphic resonance and he did some experiments. Sorry, let me change the audio. three hours and a half something like Uh, audio i can't hear you um i hear you it'll just be one second and i should be (laughs) reading yeah i i hear you okay so morphic with morphic resonance what sheldrake did is he did a couple of different tests uh one of the main ones was a dog if an owner and a dog, the owner would go off to go d- 
do groceries or whatever, and there would be a camera looking at his dog. And as soon as the owner would decide to come home, the dog would freak out and get excited. Uh-huh. Right? So they're connected, obviously, right? So he they did a bunch of tests, like, you know, make it a larger distance and, you know, add in all these other factors, like don't think about it ahead of time, what time you're going to come home. And overall, they kind of pretty much proved that there's a connection there, that the dog can sense when the owner's coming home. Huh. There was another one with uh, rats on, they would, uh, and I don't know if Sheldrick did this or if he just referenced this test that was done, I think it was Harvard or some big university. They did the test where the, on one side of the planet, they had rats, and on the other side of the planet, they had rats, and they would both run through the same maze, and they would do one side first, and then the other side. So what they found out is that when the rats on one side of the planet learned, figured out how to get through the maze, the rats on the other side would um, learn it faster. So, wow. you know, you could have two rats. Let's say you run 10, 10 times, and they never get through the maze, never get through the maze. As soon as the rat on one side goes through the maze, the rats on the other side of the planet also go through faster. Well, isn't that fascinating? That 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 I think that's really fascinating. It's it's it's, it's the same fascinating story with the monkeys. Um, monkeys on an island with I think with apples or stuff like that, and they had to wash it in water or, or figured out that that if you wash it in water, uh, it, it's easier than you don't don't have sand in your mouth but yeah. even um islands away newborn monkeys were knew that they have to wash the apple although they weren't connected like they could communicate with each other but the thing is i think this uh this ether and i i, I would love to take that to a reference like um the spirit of god in genesis is going into the deep seas and stuff like that. What about if that's the ether? Is if the ether connects us, it's everywhere and every, and, and connects everything. I really like that point of thinking. For me, um, and this is not like me trying to disagree. Um, my personal perspective, like I was saying earlier about the idea of the medit the group of meditators, like that or the matrix the idea of getting plugged in like that's that's the easiest way for me to look at um the connection right so if you take those group of meditators and they're all sharing a space um whatever their connection is there whether it's you know if it's in the matrix it's hard wires wires cables computers machines mm -hmm. or if it's meditators that's just thought field right um but for me, I think, for me, I think I lean towards that is all physical, mm -hmm. you know, including the ether. Then yeah. my, and, and that's just this Rob's figure. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is not based on any science whatsoever. <laughs> no, 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 but right. that, 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 that's fascinating. We, we, yeah. And yeah. I, I love to think about these things and, and, and to, um, you know, you just like you said, uh, you don't have to agree or to disagree, but the, just to bring up your point of view about some topics and then think about it. And then me as a person can think, oh, 
if I put it in that perspective, I got some new things going on also that I can share. Instead of, no, wait a minute, Rob. Uh, <laughs> you know, that that's that's what, I, what what really fetched me up when I talk to, to other people. Um, I got stuck in these walls constantly, hitting the hitting the wall just like, let's talk about it. No. It's just no or uh, or just call your names, you know, and that's it's we are very intelligent people, uh, everyone, and we, we, we can achieve really, really brilliant things. And um, and of course, that's the same thing. We can talk about some some topics that that other people just like, whoa, it, that blows my mind. But when I look at Instagram and I see people that paint some stuff, just like, whoa, that, you know, maybe I can get a conversation with them. But when I see what they paint, or what they do with the ball or what, whatever they do, just like, whoa, everyone has something going on. They're this, they're this, uh, yeah, this energy that, that provides something for artists or, or sh- sharing something with artists. And for some people, it's it's just like the talking or or making music and stuff like that. Yeah, for me, for me, I feel like that's it's kind of a calling in life, you know. The um the whatever that like, what how I introduce myself with this idea that 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 quote, the idea of holding two perspectives and being able to do that, right? It's not it's not a judgment on people who can't do it. It's for me, it's it's like. I feel like it's a calling, like mm. because I have that or the desire, whether it's just an ability or it's a, it's a it's a desire to do that. And when I find I'm doing it, I feel right. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, right. It, it's but a I, new medium, the, the new messenger of a new medium. Yes. And I think the value of it is that a lot of people don't have the ability, the bandwidth, the mental bandwidth the time, the whatever, to have that conversation. And mm. we're doing the work for them, right? Yeah, and we love to do that. And we, we love to spread the message. And and um, and, and that's, that's something that, 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 that always inspired me and motivates me, you know, talk about some subjects or dive into some subjects and cost me a lot of time and energy, but I love it. And then just spread the word about it, about, or, or just, you know, when you're in a bonfire having a beer with some friends and just bring up some topic. Have you seen that? That that cat on, on Instagram that, that jumps off uh, uh, an airplane and, and uh, falls on his four feet? Just like, what? You know, just bring up some topic and talk about it. Um, and th- th- that's, that's uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's a new kind of messaging. So a lot of people are leaving the media behind what it is. Uh, don't believe the system anymore. Don't believe the what's been written in the papers. Um, the the uh, two hundred years ago when somebody rose down with uh, uh, with his horse and with his crawl, just like a, uh, listen up. <laughs> and I think this is the the new way that we can, um, yeah, n- not not narrate, but tell people about other things to dig into or to think about another perspective of some things that are already been gone, uh, already been. And for me, for me, the, um, another important aspect of that is showing them how to discuss things that we disagree with, mm. right? Teaching people, 
how how to disagree and still make progress as and still grow yeah right? yeah the the the, the I, I think that the 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 best ways to describe it is if you disagree with someone you have this this topic about disagreement and i i had that sometimes in my life but afterwards you give each other just like this lovely hug just like oh man but i love you man you know what because um and, and this fascinates me too when people uh stop their relationship you know one's an asshole and the other one's a bitch but what about the 10 or 15 years that you spent together with great time you know what happened there and, and a lot of people just pinching on these little things only on the negative but what about all this great time that you had and that's the same with when you're getting into a conversation with someone that you disagree with you had some time that you really agreed upon a lot of things in life and only this little thing puts you out of the balance and then it's uh you know stop the relationship and go no man that's just like okay Okay, we don't. My girlfriend has a very good point on that. She just says, "Okay, stop." And I don't like it that she says stop because I want to be in control, of course. No, not of course, but I want to. Some it's like an ego-based thing. I uh, work in progress, still work in progress. But the funny thing is, she noticed when we uh, keep talking about the same subject, but we do not come out. We know that the outcome is zero. She would say, stop. I don't want to talk about it anymore. That that means not now. We can talk about it tomorrow. We have another mindset. Or we already know the outcome or the point of view from each other. Then you know that you will not agree with each other. It's like, um, I call it the one, two, three, four system. So you got basically the system of four. This is a really good one. This is also a very, uh, I think it's very interesting how I put it up. But this is this. If I have a topic and I disagree with you and I say two and you say three, I can go from two to three and you can go from three to two. Right? So we can come together or we almost agree with each other but when you say four and i say one we're never gonna get close to each other because i can go for one to two if i want to and you can skip from four to three but that's you know what i mean so yeah and uh if you look at that and and she realized that very soon because she knows a, a lot about, about me and we talk we talk a lot of several things when she says stop, I, I think most of, well, not most of the time, but now I think about this one, two, three, four system. She is on one, I'm on four, that's okay. You know, we agreed upon so many th times, you know, two, two. Yes. <laughs> sometimes two, three. Oh, are you going to say that? One? If we take that, you could take that right back to the, the, the media, right? The military media government uh, messaging, right? or their communications tool or weapon, if you want to call it, right? Which is um, designed to keep people either one or four. We don't want any twos, no threes, no twos, right? Exactly, exactly. And and and, and be, then you get this barrier. I bet, they, I bet they know about that system. <laughs> they, they, 
that's what I meant there. <laughs> oh, the copy paste lot. Rob, yeah. um, time flies when you're having fun, isn't it? It's it's almost yeah. four hours, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna ask you for uh no, not four. There you go. No 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 you know, not now my brain's gonna get fried. I'm gonna ask you ten questions as I always do on my podcast. And I think um then we can have a small conversation about topics that we want to bring on, or we just will have a part two. And probably some listeners will listen this in two, three, or four parts because it's a long one. And uh, I enjoyed every single minute of it. Never talked to Rob before, and it's already been great to knowing this uh, fellow human, as I would call everyone around me. Um, I'm going to ask you the 10 questions. Have you prepared them because you listen to my podcasts? I, I didn't write them down, but I have heard them. <laughs> okay. Okay. They're not too bad, isn't it? No. No, I love it. Okay, cool. Here we go. Ten questions for my guest. Uh, Rob, what's your favorite color? Green. What's your favorite music? Um, I think... It should be heavy metal. Oh, which one? Yeah. Um, um, when I was in high school or, you know, early 20s, maybe Queensryche. Mm -hmm. And before that, Metallica. And now I like Mars Volta. Mark, oh, I don't know that one. I'm going to check that one out. Mark's full. You'll, you'll probably like him. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because you, 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 we opened up the podcast and you talked about music. And, and I wanted to ask a question, but we, we, we just went down the rabbit hole. and Or, or better yeah. said, we, we skipped branches like a squirrel. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can probably make a podcast about music also. Um, favorite film or series? I'd say for right now, oh, you know what? It would be uh, Star Trek, the Next Generation series, because of their um, the format where they added so much moral more morality and um, and human quality to the storyline and all that. So, okay, Next Generation Star Trek. Uh, favorite book? That would be. Uh, Rolled Doll is, uh, I don't know how you spell it, but Rolled Doll, the book is uh, My Uncle Oswald. That's the same guy who wrote The Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Rolled Doll is very familiar yeah. here in, uh, in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a, he has a story called My Uncle Oswald, which is just insane. That, that was probably one of the only books that I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm even reading this and, and start to finish the whole way. He, but I'm not much of a reader, so I didn't find any more. <laughs> I think I saw his uh, uh, his book filming of uh, the great, lovely giant. I don't know what's it pronounced. Uh, the great friendly giant, or something like that. And they they made a film out of it. Wow, that man! I think he was tripping a lot just to write down the stuff that he been written down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What's your favorite drink, beverage? 
Oh, uh, well, it would be it would be coffee, uh, or um, or the ener- the Monster Energy, the white one. Okay, never had yeah. that one. I was addicted to the green one. Okay, yeah. Well, well, the white one only because I stopped drinking the ones with sugar, and this the white one has the whatever substitute uh, substitute whatever the, I okay. forget what the aspartame. Aspartame. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the thing that's not sugar, but that's good for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not sugar, but still not good for you. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I start with a lot of that, uh, especially like uh, uh, Coca-Cola, stuff like that. I don't drink it anymore. But Monster Energy, the green ones, oh, man. And I'm quite ADHD, but it tricked my ADHD to a level that was... When I drank, like, when I drink now, like a half a liter... Oh, it's it just like I, I have a line of speed and, and with speed I'm going to get really comfortable because I got ADHD but somehow it, the sugar triggers me to uh, to a point of uh, no return <laughs> yeah yeah it's not good to do like everyday kind of thing <laughs> no no what's your favorite food Rob uh, well, um Right now, since I can't think of it, right now I'm eating a ton of uh, healthy food. Like um, my diet switch recently switched over to like tons of, and like they uh, what do they call it? Not the carnivore paleo. Paleo, recently, paleo. Yeah. In the last like six months, I've been doing very much like vegetables and meat, and like almost no sugar. Uh, you know, like right. healthy fats, avocado, so, um, not coconut oil stuff like that yeah and i think that the, the uh, it's like everything that flies swims or walks on land or air or water you can eat and uh, a lot of it just like you said uh, a lot of oil coconut oil uh, avocado oil uh, olive oil uh nuts and green vegetables i think it is right yeah like spinach and stuff like yeah the, i started with that well a few years ago it it was Within a week, I saw really some changes in my body. Just like, whoa, do I have a six pack? How? <laughs> really, it, it, it's really good. Wow. What kind of clothing you like to wear? The uh, uh, what's your favorite? Uh, uh, shorts and a t-shirt, like a you know, like a skater would wear with like, you know, skater logos or something. And I'm not a skater or whatever, but like um surfer like kind of out outfit whatever they wear shorts and and a t-shirt and because i live in california there's a lot of the year where you can wear shorts and a t-shirt and usually when i'm wearing that it means i'm not working <laughs> so <laughs> like good association though or or anywhere super important that usually when i'm wearing a shorts and shorts and a t-shirt it means i'm pretty relaxed and i don't have immediate plans okay That's pretty cool. chill yeah What's your uh, favorite uh, holiday destination? Ooh, um, that would be, I should say, my parents' house. My parents live in Utah. Okay. Yeah, and they and that that's like the uh, the mecca <laughs> for all of us kids. Is every we try to get there once a year to meet as a family, but it doesn't always happen. So that would be the best. Yeah. Is is a long drive from California to Utah? No, no, but I'm, I'm, you know, I have laziness issues and, 
you know, it ends up only happening maybe once a year. So, yes, and and it it comes also with the uh, the journey you're on in your life and and the way you are in life. That that, yeah, no, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, what's your favorite quote, Rob? Oh, um. Since I can't think of one, I'll start. I'll go with the one that we started out with, which which is like a, um, you know, the sign of a great mind is to hold two opposing ideas and to not have difficulty with it. But more so, um, the word paradigm mm-hmm. is not not just ideas because ideas could be like the difference between two plus two equals four, or or what if two plus two equals five? It's like that's cool, but paradigms is can I can I accept that your worldview might be correct and mine might be wrong mm. right and can I work can I work between those you know that exactly. that to me is my favorite yeah right. oh last question what's your life's motto mm. that was probably the golden rule right do unto others you know, or try to do unto others so that you would have that do to you. Try. Yeah, but that, that's, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I like that. And I'd, uh, there are so many things, and uh, I was thinking about it when I was uh, preparing me for this podcast uh, because we didn't know each other just only by, by, by you know, by texting with the, with the, uh, uh, all the community that we're in, uh, but not into who you are, what you do and stuff like that, that I want to put these 10 questions up front so I could dig into this more. Um, so, but it's so funny that, uh, I was a little bit anxious and about nervous, you know, Oh, oh my God, how, how would it go? I think, uh, snake told me also that, Oh yeah. If, if Rob's going to feel itself, uh, on, on a, on an easy going level, then, you know, everything will be automatically. How did it felt for you to be on this podcast? Well, I was I was nervous because um, I knew I knew a hundred percent that I was ew, we were going to be able to talk about whatever we wanted to, mm-hmm. and you don't get that opportunity very often, or I don't. So I was very excited, and I and I texted you that I'm going to make it a point not to like rethink ahead of time about what I'm going to say here and when I'm going to respond to that. And I did my very best, but the funny part was that, um, as I, I woke up and jogged this morning, I had this thought of like this kind of, not like a presentation for an idea that I wanted to lay out. And I mapped it out in my head. The one idea that I like thought of that I mapped out, we didn't even end up getting to discuss it. So we'll have to wait for next time. And so I did a pretty good job of not like, you know, stressing out too much about what we were going to say or or trying to figure it out ahead of time and stuff like that. But, but holy moly, like we did, <laughs> we have a lot more we could talk about. That's for Absolutely. Sure. And it, the, 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 the funny thing is it's, uh, it's almost four hours now that we're recording and we had a only a short break. We, we have a lot of things to, to talk about. And, um, the funny thing is, and I have that with all my guests and also with you. Uh, as soon as you talk to each other and within five minutes or so, there's some connection that's uh, 
clicked on like universal. And it's even before the podcast, something that uh, uh, Shane comes up with some guests. I, I, I don't know. You know, I see some pictures on, on Instagram. And you know, oh, you, you got to talk to her or him. Or was, oh, okay. And uh, before I know, you just uh, continue about stuff that you talk about. And uh, I think that's, that's, that, that's what I want to point out. That's where this organized productions stands for. It's not like, okay, you know what? We're going to have one and a half hour. Uh, we're going to talk about this and this, and it's going to be scripted, and, and you have to be aware of that. You have to be, no, no, just two random guys in the universe somewhere in time. Iron Maiden, brilliant album. Somewhere in time. That's my favorite album. By the oh, I love the loneliness of the, of the long distance runner. That, that's, that's one of my favorite songs of that one. Just but but yeah, talk about metal. We we could do another podcast about metal music, about everything, and we're going to do that. By the way, we're going to do that. By the way, and uh, I want to thank you for your time, for your energy, Rob. I really really enjoyed it talking to you. And, Me too, uh, man. I appreciate you doing this work. You know, in making creating a platform. You know, like. Me, when I talked to Shane about it, it we were, we would, you know, this was months and months ago and he was talking about, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then he found you. And then I hear back from him. I'm like, holy crap. That sounds like exactly what you're looking for. What we, what we all want, you know? Wow. No. Yeah. That this, and, and just like, like I said, it's, it's like a, a piece of, the pieces are all connected together and it's just like that um, that clock that I told on the farm, just like the Swiss clock. You, you need all these little things to get the, the more bigger things working and then all of a sudden everything comes fits into place and then it's working with the right people on the right side and with the right community going on where you can share your uh, your things that, that that's you know, that, that, that's in your, in your head Um and to be honest with you, I have some other uh, uh, platforms on Telegram, but I can't dig into that because it's all so narrow and all about the same narrative. And I don't like that. I don't want to be put it in a box. Uh, with that said, you put yourself in a box, of course. <laughs> but uh, no, great talking to you. And um, looking forward to uh, to talk more to you in the future. We keep on contact. Please send me the link so I can uh, share it in the show description. And, uh, well, for our listeners, thank you very much for listening to this long one, did this marathon again from this organized productions, but Hey, that's how we roll. Uh, have a great night, a great morning or a great day, wherever you are on this beautiful plain earth. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. wasn't always right and he can't fulfill my dreams never running for all my life with the devil on my heels he wasn't always right and couldn't fulfill my dreams he's pain in the ass black as night
for all my life With the devil on my heels It wasn't always right And doesn't fulfill my dreams God showed me Dreams.